in this episode of the Curtis Fire Podcast, I'm joined by Entrepreneur and the owner of I Model Booth and Games, Theo Mack. Man, this is a great episode, man. Theo and I talked about his journey into the I Model Photo Booth business, as well as we discussed, you know, how many creatives need to have to sacrifice to build their music careers, as well as we talked about the education for indie creatives, what that means for them in the long term, and we also end the episode. Just diving into dating and relationships, guys. So, like I said, I really enjoyed this episode. Hope you guys do too. Hey, guys, welcome to another episode of the Encourage and Inspire podcast. This is episode number 57. And I got my man Theo Mack in the building. Um, and this is a cool episode, man, because Theo and I have actually uh, we, we've been in some of the same places, actually. Mm-hmm. When I traveled up to Atlanta, uh, obviously I've resided in Orlando, Florida, but uh, well, I would see you at the photo booth from my man Reggie, Reggie, my brother, DZMG, mm-hmm. and I would always see you at the at the uh, in the back with the with the photo booths, man. So it was cool <laughs> that we get it. And then obviously uh, we recently connected again, you know, mm-hmm. through our mutual colleague and friend Cece, and mm-hmm. some great stuff you're doing with that. So we'll get into all that a little bit later, man. But how you doing? Hey, man, I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I will thank you for being on the pod. You know what I mean? It's like I said, uh, this podcast is called the Encourage Inspire Podcast. And I usually cover one of three silos of, you know, either uh, disability awareness, because I have a disability, music business topics, and then people who have really encouraged, inspiring stories. And just people lately, people who just are doing some really great things, you know, and so um, I thought it would be cool, like I said, to have you on and kind of talk about what you do because you're doing something a little bit different than most people are doing uh, in the yeah. game as far as the photo booth. So it's cool to have you on, man. Appreciate it, appreciate it, man. First of all, man, shout out, shout out to you, man, for everything that you do. You you're always an inspiring brother. Uh, you always dropping gems, man. You're always giving your time to people, and, and you know, like like I, I told you a few different times, man. Like every time your name comes up, everybody has nothing but good to say, man. So shout out to you for bringing that positivity into the world, man. We need more of that. Hey, man, thank you, man. I just really, for me, um, this entertainment business, right? I always say. I did not grow up wanting to be in this habit. That wasn't a call of mine. This mm-hmm. it kind of found me late. You know, I was 18, 19 when I just when I really got bit by the bug and then again. But I realized that it became my passion because at the core of our industry is people and relationships. And that's what mm-hmm. I'm great at. You know what I yeah. mean? So yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah now sometimes man you just settle into it like i mean same same here i didn't i didn't come out uh doing this when i first started in the industry man you know i had the the full you know full-time nine to five making good money doing great things off in the co- corporate sector man so this is just something that kind of kind of fell into my lap and uh you know people people wanted to push me into it more than i probably wanted to get into it because you know they saw you know what what i'm assuming they saw the talents you know that that i could bring to to certain things um and then just circumstance man woke up one day and god just told me you know go go ahead and trust you you know what i mean so exactly. i've been doing that ever since exactly exactly man you know like you said sometimes you know our passions and even success with our passions because you know obviously what you're doing is not easy to do and most people don't even think about like okay a photo booth like Mm-hmm. You know, most people don't think about that journey and even how to um, build a whole business around it. 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And how that works. Because it's hard overall in general in the entertainment business yeah. to just make money in this business. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because this is, you know, it's just, it's, I don't care what anybody says, like, you know, especially from the artist's perspective, this is a very, very expensive business. Very, very, very expensive industry. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know yeah. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, recently, just probably last week at the time of this recording, um, so this was last week. We're recording this right now, and this is June. This is June twenty eighth. So mm-hmm. by the time you know this will be out in a few weeks. But so last week, I got an email from this weird email address, and it was the artist sent me a bunch of tracks, wave files, and MP threes. So I keep in mind, people, people, and I want to use it as a teaching moment. Okay, don't ever send tracks actual MP3s and waves to people you don't have a relationship with. Mm-hmm. That is the quickest way to piss people off and get your shit deleted. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because one, you always send links. You never send track because one, I don't know you. And two, who wants to have a bunch of files in their email <laughs> taking up space? Yeah. yeah. You know? And so, you know, and I had to tell the dude, I had to say, well, you're lucky that I've even responded to you because most people would have just deleted it and not even have even sent you a reply. He had mm-hmm. he had got my contact through a through a a, friend, a couple of friends of mine that I do some work with, and I guess he was looking for some help with his music career. So you know we get on we get on the phone, we get on the Zoom call, and you know we start talking. And I basically asked him, say, hey, so you know I kind of did my pitch, kind of what I do, and he kind of knew like. So okay, you want to work? He's basically, you know, he's basically like, well, you know, I don't really have no money right now. So I said, well, <laughs> you're asking for help. Mm-hmm. When the help comes, you're not prepared to deal with the help. And I told him, I said, this is, you know, you, I had asked him how long he'd been do, taking music, doing music. I mean, he'd been doing music over four or five years and taking okay. it seriously. And I said, well, I said, unfortunately, bro, this is an expensive game. Mm-hmm. And and people, you might find one or two people to work off passion. For a little while, but unless they really love you and they really in, like, they really, really like believe in you. Like, the, I manage my artist Xavier Keys, who I do personal management for, mm-hmm. and, and he's based in Chicago. And that's why my little brother. That's why I say he's not my client. That's my artist. It's a whole different. People don't understand. That's a whole different game. It's, he's not yeah. a client. I don't view him. That's my. That's family. It's the only. The only way management works is family. It's the only way it works. Yeah. And so I had to tell him, I said, if you want to be, if you want people to take you seriously, if like you need to, you if you don't have relate, you need to pay them, like have the budget to, to pay somebody because you asked for help. You needed mm-hmm. some direction. Guess what? The help came. And I didn't seek you out. You sought me out. You yeah. asked, you know, you was asking for help. So now when I say, hey, this is what my rate is. You know, and what's interesting is he's actually from London, but he's based in Canada. So I don't know if you know this, but in the in Canada, their government supports the arts, which means hmm. you can get grants. Yeah, and you have grants because you know they have a more of a socialistic government over there. Yeah, yeah, and they don't have and they don't have the same access to what we have here in the states. So their government will actually has actually set aside money for artists to be able to get money to make their album or mm-hmm. EP go on tour they have money set aside for you to go to go to go to conferences they'll pay for that depending That's on what life. it is so their their government supports that so i said but let's even though the government even though there's grant money you still have to hire people who know how to write the grants professionally so you mm-hmm. even have a chance to get the money 
Exactly. So either way, you got to come to the table with something. I had to explain to him, I said, because, you know, in this business, people are, you know, they're just not going to work for free for very long unless they really, really, really love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, and I think probably, you know, a, a lot of the problems is people come in with a hope and a dream, right? And, yeah. and hopes and dreams is what gets us up, gets us motivated and, and allows us to pursue our passions. But mm-hmm. if you don't have a plan behind whatever you're doing, you know what I mean? Like you got to really sit down and think about it like any field, you know what I mean? I'm not an artist, but I have to think strategically, what am I doing with my brand? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's what they don't realize is, is show business, right? It's the Mm -hmm. music business Mm -hmm. uh, and they leave that business side out they just think because I have that passion and and, you know my homeboys told me I sound good then I can make it but yeah you really got to sit down and and plan that thing out and think about it and put your business cap on man and that's like I said, it's not just music. That's that's for all of us entrepreneurs because yeah. that's what those those artists are, man. They're small business owners. Exactly. That's what we always that's what we always share. And so a lot of them don't approach it. Okay, you know what? Their brains don't function that way naturally. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them don't think about brain. They don't. That's just not how they naturally think. And most creatives, they just want to be in the lab. They just want to be in front of equipment, and so they yep. can create. Some yep. of them actually can do the ones who are really killing it right now know how to do a little bit of both. They understand yeah. social media, they understand their brand, they understand what the content because I always share that this generation is no, they're not recording artists, you're content creators. It's a different mm-hmm. game. It yeah. is a different game. I don't refer to this generation as a recording artists or not. You guys are content creators with a focus on music. It's a mm-hmm. big difference because Whitney mm-hmm. Houston. And Patti LaBelle and Mary J. Blige, they didn't have to worry about content creation when it was coming mm. up. It was about the record. Yes, the record is still important. But mm. these days coming up, you have to have a content strategy behind everything you're doing. Yep. You can't just release without a content. That's, that's why I say it's a different game now. So yeah. you can't use it. To me, I you will never, ever hear me say recording artists, recording artists, recording. I like to use the word creative or just mm. content creator, because I just think that it's a different game now. I mean, you have to just, then the, pe- the, the young, the people who understand content creation will have a much better chance at building a successful career because they understand what the power is to use your socials to mm-hmm. create content. You know, I, I find that most creatives, most creatives who don't like social media, it's not because Social media is because they just don't know what to post and they don't know who they're talking to. Yeah, that's why they say they don't like it. You know, because it, like anything else, it's a necessary evil. We'll call it in quotation marks, even though it's not evil. But it's just, it's just, it's just like any it, certain industries, there's certain things that just come along with it. You can't get around. Yeah, if you want to do this, as you want to do this as a career, you better you better love social media. Yeah, better because it's hard. It's going to be hard to do it without it. If you don't have a social media plan or social media manager on your team, you know, digressing a little bit. If I was an artist starting today, top three things I would hire is I would get a person who understands video, mm-hmm. video content, somebody who understands social media and then like a consultant or a advisor, somebody like myself. Those mm-hmm. are the top three things that I would really get. I don't think you need a manager right off that. Okay. I think a manager is, um, people think they need a manager because they think they want to have somebody just to do work for them. It doesn't work like that. Like your manager has, <laughs> has to have something to manage. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You got to give them the work. So a lot of times, that's why a lot of us is, are, as, as who are managers, 
we rather focus as we rather focus and work as consultants to clients versus trying to manage it, trying to be a manager to a bunch of artists. Because if you're working off of the old traditional management model of commission, you know, let's say an artist makes a hundred thousand dollars a year and you're getting twenty percent. That's twenty grand, which means you you have to have five artists making a hundred thousand plus a year to to make to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Exactly. So it tells you because you know most managers aren't working off of a salary like what you probably should be. Most of mm-hmm. us, it's always been a what you kill type thing. You know, yep. Yep. A, a colleague and mentor of mine is Rick Barker, who used to manage Taylor Swift. Okay. And it's now Rick is now he does artist development, really brand development, and teaching on how to build fan base. He really likes the teaching and coaching part of it. But he says coming up when he because he comes from radio, and so. When the reason why he got with Taylor is because he was the first person to create the, a paid radio tour in country music on the West Coast, where he's he's from, where he's from, and so his parents really took a liking. Her parents really took a liking to to Rick, and she did as well too. And so Taylor was fortunate because her parents had a lot of money and they could afford mm-hmm. to say, Rick, look, we know you have a family, you have a newborn, have a wife. We want to be able to make sure that you're going to be taken care of, so we're going to pay you. $150,000 a year on a salary. Mm. So you don't have to worry about doing anything else but work dealing everything with Taylor. Yeah. So that's very rare because you don't get that as, as an artist manager. So you usually have to, especially working with an unknown artist, you have to have another thing going on because they're not going to be making money like that to pay. And if they are making money, it ain't enough to pay you. Yep. So it's ready. So <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. No, nah, the, the other side of the game of, of that is, right, like, just think about it logically, right? I'm, 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 I'm gonna bring you in, Darrell, right? Like, I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm gonna put you on my staff, right? I'm mm-hmm. gonna pay. Uh, you're gonna be my manager. Mm-hmm. So it, we either gonna live, like you said, eat what you kill, which means that you're waiting on me to put the work to you, so that you can get the work, and then hopefully somebody buys it or consumes it in some type mm-hmm. of way, so we both can make money, right? Mm-hmm. But, but we're living kind of day to day. We're living paycheck to paycheck. We're trying to figure it out as we go along, right. and that. Oh, opens up a lot of gray area. But if mm-hmm. I put you on retainer or salary, right? And I'm like, Darrell, I'm gonna shoot you this bag. This is you. That I think it's unfortunate that a lot of people can't get to that point because just me and my business mind, that frees up the money to come to you. That takes all that gray yeah. area out where we're right. not worrying about whether or not Darrell needs to eat extra this month. So he's yeah. worried about taking off my plate type of situation. Right. Right. Cause we right. see that happen way too much with our artists, man. They hey. open themselves up because you're right. Yeah. They come in without a bag. Yeah, yeah, you gotta have a, you know, you gotta have a bag, you know, you gotta have something because your manager, they can't want, like I was telling, you know, my roommate, I was saying, our industry is not transactional, meaning it is what it is. And what I mean by that is every task you do doesn't come along with a paycheck. Correct. Okay, so that's the, that's that's where it's different. That's this is this is not like any other business. Most other businesses are product based, where you can not I won't say product based or 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 service based, product and service based, but they, but it's transactional. We do this task, you get, get paid, paid for this task. Mm-hmm. In the entertainment business, it's a work like that because it's one. This is art. It's a lot like politics, right? Yep. So you have to build a you have to build a political campaign. I'm not a pop, pop, you know political guy, but just common sense. Like people have mm-hmm. to like you. you no, know, people have to like you. People have to buy into what you're doing. Same thing with the music industry is people have to buy into that. So everything doesn't come along with a paycheck for everything. You can't yeah. put a number on everything you do because you'll never get anywhere because you have to do things 
that might be quote unquote free to establish a relationship with somebody. Yeah. So that's where it's different. It doesn't, you know, you can't just come into the game and be like, you know, I'm gonna, everything I do is, is a transactional thing and we're gonna pay me for every single task. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, you know? and, you, and you can tell by the structure, right? This is also the industry that has more free or not, not, not let me use the word free, right? That, I don't wanna disrespect it, but more mm-hmm. unpaid interns mm-hmm. in any other industry as well. Mm-hmm. Just because people have to come in, there's so much volume of work that needs to be done. Like you say, those tasks aren't cumulative and directly related to a paycheck that you see a lot of people have gotten their chance, you know, foot in the door just by being an intern and taking over some of that work and mm-hmm. then showing and proving why they was there. I mean, yeah. you, you got countless stories like, yeah. like Diddy and people mm-hmm. like that, that made it through those ranks. Yeah. And I mean, that, and that's just the way you did it, you know, mm-hmm. that's, and that's pre-social media. That was just the way you see now the differences nowadays, it's like sports, right? Just like, let's go yeah. to the NBA, for instance, these kids, it's different now because now they come to the, they come to the NBA with a brand. Yeah. Yeah. Versus where or then or they make it the NFL they don't they don't really promote their players like that. So the NFL is a shield, so the NBA is a good it's a better comp. But yeah, in the NBA, these kids are coming. I mean, Zion with Williamson was a I mean, he was huge before he ever played the NBA game. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. he can stay healthy and actually have hopefully he doesn't it's not a Greg Oden situation. <laughs> exactly. Where, where you know he, he doesn't have a career at all. You know, yeah. people say what they want to say about Kwame Brown. Yeah, he was probably a bust, but the man still made six or something. Oh, should he made a lot more money? He should have made a hell of a... I think Gilbert Arena said from the time he's being the number one pick, you know, like, like Kwame didn't even hit that. What the, I think the average guy from 2001 to 2018 as number one pick made a roughly $212 million. Yeah. Average. And Kwame made like $66 million. Yeah. Well, he definitely. I mean, so I mean, from that from from NBA perspective, definitely a bust. Yeah. You want to talk yeah. about it's what he should have done, but in the grand scheme of things, the man still made sixty something, sixty five million dollars. Yeah, so, you, mean, can't, you can't. You can't argue with that math, man. You can't argue yeah. that at the end of the day, right? So you know, Gilbert Arenas being a second round pick and end up you know signing for big money, he definitely you know so so he was what you call an overachiever, but but I understand, but. So when you go to that level of these guys now coming to the NBA with a brand, so mm-hmm. with social mm-hmm. media, that's where the game has changed. You know, social it has changed everything. And so these guys now are coming in with brand deals. With and now we have NIL from Costco. These guys exactly are coming in with all this stuff coming into the league versus where it used to be. You came into the league, shit. You were just you were just a rookie. Yeah, <clears throat> I had to work your way, and you know, and Cass didn't care what the, what the hell you did. They didn't, get, yeah. they didn't care if he was an All-American. They didn't give a shit about none of that. But now, yeah. and the league has gotten so young to where, you know, you're going to play the young guy. You almost have to come out early because if you stay late as a four-year player, you almost do yourself a disservice by doing that. Yeah, you, you know, get because, hurt. Yeah, so you almost have to, if you have any chance of like being something, you kind of have to be the one and done or the two years match and come to the league because the league is so young now, which means a lot of teams don't have those veteran presence to make these guys into something. But I say all that to say that, you know, it's just different now. So, you know, the, the, the music industry is an industry where it, it's so difficult and it costs so much money. Uh, I know Wendy Day, mm-hmm. Rap Coalition, I don't know if you're familiar with her, 
mm-hmm. Rap Coalition, uh, but she's been in the game for 30 years professionally, you know, Master P, Eminem, yeah. a lot of people. And she said for her, as she worked with you on a come up, right? She, as she's, I've heard her say several times, if you don't have at least 200 grand, she can't, like, she can't help you. Yeah. She, she just can't, because like, I can't do it for nothing less than that. Yeah. Uh, of what she's trying to do. So, so it just goes to show you, like, if 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 you, if you want to play in this game for real, right, and with the big boys, it, it, it's a money grab, man. It, it very much it is. is a money grab, and it's a it's it dope is. at the end of the day. <laughs> it is, man. It's so it's so many hands coming out. Uh, you know, they they but but they also a lot of people adding value in, and they want to be compensated for for mm-hmm. the work. And I think that's where it gets lost, right? Mm-hmm. Like I like I like your analogy when you're coming out, right? When the NBA, uh, the high school players deciding, am I gonna go to high school? Uh, you know, or are the rules flexible enough for me to go to the league this year, or do I mm-hmm. need to do be a one and done, two and mm-hmm. done type of situation? Mm-hmm. There's value in that because there's a contract, right? Yeah. Like the, like you were saying, those young kids are, are starting or those young men, excuse me, are starting and getting their chance, but they, they're protected by a contract. Zion blew, blew, his, you yeah. know, blew his shoe out and he's sitting on the bench making, you know, still millions upon millions. Yeah. But there's there's a protected contract situation because of the business. The right. pro- and, and you're right, the social media presence, um, you know, crafting that brand goes a lot into it. The, the difference between them and the, the high school kid who's coming out wanting to be an artist is nobody's bought into you yet to provide right. that contract, to provide that bag and provide that security so until you get to that point you know either way if you want to get to that point where you're you're big and and a record is putting something behind you and developing you you know like the nba is doing then then you know i mean like you're right there's some work there's some money there's some transactions that need to take place before you know from a before you can even get to z and i think people don't realize that they think they got a little hot social media they think you know my my local community knows me people rock with me i can pull 10 people out to a show you know i mean type of situation with me and they and they think that's it they that's what they see they they favorite rappers did but they ain't realize you know they was signed to a developmental deal you know i mean all the all these cats especially here in the a yeah a lot of it still goes on now actually you know what i mean so yeah so i mean it's you look at qc right perfect you know with p and and coach k Mm -hmm. and those cats Mm -hmm. that's what they Mm -hmm. i mean they still do that you know they still kind of do we're going to sign you to to qc and then to the management company and do all that because and then they 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 still look like they want to build superstars. Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and they're the one label that that's that to me in, in urban music anyway stands out as like that premier. Like he used back in the day, like you you want to be back in the day, you wanted to be signed to certain labels because the way music was curated. I talked about this mm-hmm. on, on my previous guests, uh and uh, Greg Hoy from several episodes ago. We talked about back in the day, especially in the 80s and 90s, and you know, labels even before that. When the, when the industry was driven by labels, you knew which labels you wanted to sign to because that's the way the music was curated. Okay, this particular label, mm-hmm. they know what they they do well with urban music or they do well with pop music or they. So I I don't want to go to a label that doesn't really know my genre or how to market it and how to yeah. be successful at putting that together. Now that the industry is not necessarily record label driven as far as the way to go, you kind of have to be, you have to find your fans on your own. It's all all the time. You mm-hmm. have to. You have to find your fans. You have to find the people that rock with you. And that's yeah. kind of what I teach in my process called the Genesis of super, fan, of super Fan Building. And everything comes back down to a core. Everything comes back down to, you know, why do you do what you do? 
right? You know what I mean? And why do yep. why should people rock with what you do? Because there's too many people out here that just think someone's gonna just discover you. You know, there are sixty thousand songs uploaded to Spotify mm-hmm. every single day. Just Spotify alone, 60,000 <laughs> 60, songs a day. That's ridiculous. You think that people are gonna discover you because you put a song out? You know, yeah. it's just not happening. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, I, I found it find it funny. Um, you you mentioned CCATL and you know, yeah, weekly, shout out to her. <laughs> yeah, where it begins magazine, man, dope yeah. platform. And you know, I, I've been blessed enough uh to co-host interviews with with CC. So we've gone through, yep. you know, a lot of different industry people. Uh, and then we crossed over, we got a little Facebook group where we do uh music reviews. So mm-hmm. we had ghetto ghost uh on, on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. And and I noticed uh it, it refreshed my mind. I've always thought that, but I guess never really got a chance to get it off uh, you know, in public or, or voice it. Mm-hmm. But I, I I noticed if you pay attention to it, man, a lot of a lot of the successful and and successful is not defined by just having the number one on billboards, you know. What I mean, like we right. got to get over that as a people uh, of thinking somebody is a flop because they ain't on billboards but but the successful people who are out here making moves and making money usually do have their own bags they're entrepreneurs who are doing things in other areas it's Mm -hmm. like you know telling my son you know yeah yeah you want to go to the nfl one day but you need a backup those players don't play but average of four years you know i mean what are you going to actually do with your career everybody doesn't make it to tv if your personality and you're set up and built for that yeah yeah, but but you got to have something else and i think that's uh that's what i've learned you see a lot of these artists being more successful they're a little older now and but they already got that entrepreneur in their you know in their pocket so business wise when they go out and put a project the project makes sense and the project makes money right i definitely i totally agree man i told like a lot of these cats i know i know little dirt said he started a trucking company mm-hmm. a lot of these cats Jeezy said you know Real Jeez, estate. To start, yeah, you know, little flip. All these guys before they got in the game, they're like, because it was like one, it caused him not to not to have to take a be a, a bullshit record deal because you yep. need the money. They always say you never want to sign a deal when you broke. Yeah, because then, because now you're operating a place, man. I need this dollar. You know, I don't actually care what my contract says. I just I just need it. Whatever advantage they're giving me. Yeah, I'm happy. To, <laughs> I'm happy to get it. Yeah, instead of saying. <laughs> You never want to, they, that's just in general. They said you never want to negotiate with someone when you don't got no money because yeah. don't let the, at least don't let the other part know who, who you negotiate with know you don't got no money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you need to keep your poker hand up and let them know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. But, but if you look at it though, like look at two different models I always go back to. Look at Master P that we referenced earlier mm-hmm. and then look at Sean Combs. Mm-hmm. Ma- Master P, for all you have to say about him, made mm-hmm. his money and came out and didn't have to take those advances. Didn't mm-hmm. Have to take those deals he was shopping for what fit him and mm-hmm. got more so into distribution and held his own mm-hmm. but then look at puffy and, and again like puffy i respect him because he grinded and the way he came out mm-hmm. but you don't you don't hear people talking about all the contract issues there's a few right but you don't hear mm-hmm. people talking about all the contract issues with p like you hear with puffy mm-hmm. um because a lot of times you know i feel like he was you know borrowing from the house to pay yeah. the artists and then yeah. he had to take extra back type of situation they, yeah, so yeah. so having your bags up having your business together you know what i mean being on your acumen is a big part of this thing it's this big and, part and you know, shout out to master p i don't think he gets the respect he really deserves he, he should be talked about the same he should be talked about in the same realms as jay-z as diddy because one he did it really did it independently i mean yep. ice cream you know he and he said he's like because you remember he had hired michael jaggy's lawyer and he said 
you know, he had $500 in his pocket. He could have took a deal. He said, look, if they offer me this, that means they're going to, they make him three, four, five times. Mm-hmm. This is what the offer is. Imagine mm-hmm. what they make it on the back end of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Imagine he was like, okay, I'm going to sacrifice a little now, you know, to get more later because whatever they offering you, they're going to they're gonna make five to six. They, they plan on making five to six times more that back. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yep. he he is the embodiment of, of taking those those small business skills, those mm-hmm. entrepreneurial skills in the streets and applying it to the industry, man. Like everything yeah. he did, like P is not the most talented rapper. Yeah, you know yeah like, I mean? that's what he's I not a watching. he's yeah. not a dancer. He's he, not. He you know, sucked. like when he first came yeah. out, like watching. Well, watching all of them did. Yeah, all of them did. The whole record like, label. Yeah, so yo, these, <laughs> like these guys were horrible. Like yo, P was horrible, but you know he. He figured out. He figured out that man, if this music thing can work, this entertainment thing can work. He can take that and, and leverage that into something else. Because you know, Pete was a hell of a basketball player. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. mean, you know, he, he, you know, he, uh, he, he, he thought he was gonna have a shot to go play, you know, some big time college basketball, which I, I think he had gotten hurt or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he kind of had to figure out a new path, and it was tough for for him. But I mean, if you look at what he's doing now, I mean, it's just you know, he, he's the product game, he always say product don't talk back. So now, yep. you know, with the rap snacks and everything he's been doing, yep. this man, Master P has done so much amazing things that he just doesn't get the respect. I, he's not talked about in the same spaces that even guys like Jay Prince, mm-hmm. Master P, Jay-Z, Diddy, to me, they're all kind of in the same. And it's, I mean, and Jay Prince been doing it before all of them. You know, yeah. so you know, yeah. but um, but I think that's where Master P is. But he he understood also the power of ownership and, and brand and yep. understanding. You know what it is. You know, you also got to ask yourself what does success look like because most independent artists, okay, mm-hmm. can make okay. What is what is success? Is that making sixty thousand a year? Mm-hmm. Or is that making eighty? Because you don't need the you don't need the music industry to be successful in the music business. Yeah, I think people don't. People a lot of people. A lot of people chase the industry because here's the, here's the reality of it. The music industry, they don't know what the hell they doing. They really don't. Yeah. All they know is whatever's hot. Find us whatever's hot. We're just gonna pour gasoline on it. Yep. They're not looking. They don't necessarily want to build something from nothing anymore. Yeah, well, but they don't have to. They're not structured in that way, right? Like right. everybody, everybody wants to make it to the league. So, mm-hmm. you know, they, they're coming to the trials for the league. They're submitting, you know, they're, they're taping mm-hmm. their reels to the league. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you got talent pouring in every day. But but on the back end, man, they're set up to where uh, you're right. All they got to do is pour gas on it because guess what? My gas coming back. We know we all know gas is expensive as hell, right? Gas yeah, is yeah. in the roof right now, yeah. right? But but imagine that that I could just drive or, or light it on fire, do whatever. Because guess what, Darrell, you got to pay me back for that money. You yeah. got to give me my gas back. I don't right. care what I do with it. You know what I mean? So right. you that how it's structured. Hey man, I support everybody who's going the independent route and doing it on their own and making it, man. Uh, you know, shout out though to those two who cross over and can yeah, handle I that mean, successfully. Some, but sometimes, you know, because you took a guy like Nipsey Hustle, right? So Nipsey, mm-hmm. Nipsey comes out, signs to Epic in 2009. You know, they drop off, but it doesn't work. Then he goes, he goes in the streets and he actually let the people he built his value up in the streets until yeah. when he came back around to the Atlantic Records because 
One thing we can't deny is this. The major labels, they have the money to give you the rollout you need. Mm-hmm. But what Nipsey did was Nipsey came in with leverage. So when he did a JV deal, so he did. So basically he had his label, kept all his artists, all his masters. And he, it's almost like if you sell out for 10, we keep five, you take five. Mm-hmm. Right. So he had a situation where it was a, it's a full JV deal. What JV stands for joint venture, mm-hmm. you know, a joint venture deal where it made sense for Nipsey to do what he did. So he had leverage coming into the situation because now it's like the people know who he is, the, the people love him. And also, like you said, Nipsey also had bad coming from other places. So mm-hmm. he didn't necessarily have to take a BS deal. Because if, you know, I mean, he talked yeah. about it. If you listen to the song, you know, Grinding All My Life, mm-hmm. the music video where he's in that little warehouse counting money and he's basically, you know, kind of saying like, yo, he, he, he's not broke. <laughs> so, yeah. so he didn't have to take a situation where most people do have to take a, a deal. Because ideally what you would want to do, let's say you do sign a deal. Okay, you start, you, you build your company. You let the comp- let them pay the company. Mm-hmm. So that one, once they do that, you're paying less in taxes because they're paying the company a check, mm-hmm. not you. Mm-hmm. But then you, then you pay your, then you could pay yourself a salary from that check. So now you're paying, you know, it's a little bit more things you got to do. But that might, that's a smarter way to do it than, than in taking the money as you yourself. Exactly. You know what exactly. I mean. So, so, so there's other ways to, you know, there's other things you have to be obviously conscious of in doing that. But there's, I'm, I'm not against labels. You know, Xavier Keys, I work with, he's signed to yeah. a management slash record label. It, as long as it makes sense. Yeah. You know, because the truth is, every artist also, too, it's not, it doesn't make music that's commercially viable to be signed to a label. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That's another thing, too, that I always say. So, you, so a, label, a label deal is not for everybody. And I think yeah. we have to, I think we have to, on, you know, we have to break that myth of every artist needs to be signed to a label. Every artist doesn't need to be signed to a label. Yeah. A label if a label got, a label just has to make sense if if that's what you do. I yeah. think what most artists want is they want marketing and promotion. Like, that's really where it comes down to. Yeah. Do you have the do you have the dollars to market and promote? Because that's where the, a lot of the money, you know, where the, where the labels are spending money at is marketing and promotion. So so that's really yeah. I think what a lot of them need need the extra help is in, in that side of it the back end side like that you know yeah and, and access to the system right it takes yeah. takes money to keep going but you also gotta you know you gotta be in the club to get on those national platforms to get mm-hmm. it pushed all the way around so mm-hmm. they they provide that as well but but man listen one of the reasons why i respected nipsey was you know the same reason why everybody loved him uh you know after he passed so so rp to, to nipsey but it, but they respected him as a businessman way more than a musician. They respected him as a motivator in his community way more than a musician. And I say that to mean he was a leader first and foremost that had a plan and had some business about himself. You know what I mean? And when you take those type of qualities and pay attention to some of your favorite rappers, they have those same qualities. They're Mm -hmm. they're able to move and galvanize people, man. They're Mm -hmm. able to, to push their message out and get people to respond to it. So yeah, I agree with you. It doesn't, you know, whether you're going, you know, the indie side or whether you're going to the record label, there's certain core values that you have to have and, and, and things within you in order to be successful or we're just going to be looking at you you know on one of those those bet you know where are they now youtube <laughs> right. videos you know right. what i mean like you know and look and, you know sounds the bet award the bet awards just aired this as, as we're recording this episode this past sunday look yeah. and a lot of these cats are doing their thing you know 
And hopefully, you know, they're, they're being smart, they're, they're building their audiences, you know, because some of these people you'll forget about in two, three years. So hope, that's why mm-hmm. I said it's important. Hopefully these people have a core because a core audience, that's why I preach a core audience so much because that's yeah. just going to keep you around when you, the big lights on BT Awards ain't shining no more. Because yeah. it's going to happen. It happens yeah. to everybody. <laughs> it's a cycle. You know what I mean? So so right now, you know, in, in mainstream music, it's a young person's game, right? You know, so he's like, well, you hot like fish grease, you know, for like LMA. LMA came out, she was hot. She had a little mm-hmm. downtime because she was quiet for a while. And now she's back, you know, so it happens. Even, you know, it happens where artists, look, you come out, everything's hot. You hot like fish grease. Yeah. Don't come a time where you, <laughs> well, you not so hot. You, the, you know, so, yeah. so, and then you kind of have to, you know, it's kind of, it's about what, to me, it's about weathering those storms of, okay, I'm hot right now. They, they I'm getting, I'm getting 100,000 a show, 150,000 a show. Yeah. It's going to come time where, hey, them checks is going to go, there's a reason why, you know, Bobby V is doing verses. Mm-hmm. You know, he trying mm-hmm. to get that bag, bro. But they yeah. know my, let's be real. Bobby, even Bobby V getting, but he ain't making no $25, $30,000 show no more. Them days is over. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So, I mean, he ain't getting paid. It just yeah. means you ain't making, you ain't making, you know, the 50, 60, 75,000 the show that you used to make back in the days, you know? Yeah. So, you got to be prepared for the lean times, man, because it's it's a, it's a roller coaster. Plus, too, man, back back to the business thing, uh, you know, it, it always hurts me when I'm, you know, seeing those those type of stories I referenced a minute ago. Those where mm-hmm. are they now stories, where you you know, or or, or nowadays we get the, the music a little more instant, or the excuse me, the the information a little more instantly, right? Mm-hmm. But it always hurts me when you're looking like where's where's the Migos next album? You know what I mean? Then you're hearing. You know, stuff being held up, contracts being held up, yeah. the business side gets in the way from from people actually going out and doing their passion and entertaining people. But just me as, you know, the consumer, me getting a chance to enjoy that, man. Yeah. You know, so it's like I see some of our, our favorite artists wasting away their, their quote unquote good years uh, just because of bad contracts. Sometimes, oh, yeah, because, and, I, and, speak, and, and speaking of the Migos, I believe they signed, I believe their lawyer. The lawyer they use was the same lawyer they use for the label, which you never want to mm. do that, right? Because what exactly. happened is you get a you get a deal right, for a label, you got to have your own independent counsel. Mm. So what happens is most of the time in our in our community, our people don't got no money, so they can't afford an attorney. What does yep. the label say? I'll just use our attorney. Well, yep. you know, a lot of said you don't want to do that because if the why would the, why would that that attorney is essentially negotiated against himself? If they working for the label and they represent you. It's a conflict of interest. You can't work like that. So exactly. he obviously wants to get the biggest check. So he's going to put the contract in the favor of the label. He's exactly. trying to get the biggest check. Big bag, take a little bag. Exactly. So, I mean, I think a lot of times, too, you know, that's a lot of times that's what happens is that, you know, you get to that level and then you want to, then it's time, okay, it's time to play with the big boys now. And you ain't necessarily prepared for that because that's what people don't teach you. Okay, y'all, when y'all see some success, this is what's going to happen. Y'all need to be prepared to, you know, you get that advance, put some of that money aside so you can hire exactly. an attorney. You can hire an attorney. Don't go blow your bag like that because you're going to need yeah. a lawyer. You're going to need a lawyer that you trust that works for you. Yeah. You, you should never, you should never be using an attorney that is is also representing the people that's that's negotiating against you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, because because at the end of the day, man, it's all about who owns what. 
And even yeah. though they're fronting you a bag, you know, you're giving away the rights to certain mm -hmm. things and mm -hmm. cases, you know what I mean? Just because like you said, you're not coming from a point of leverage when you're actually negotiating. And, and yeah, you can't put yourself in the same room where the dude who's getting a bigger check from them is also supposed to represent them and my interests. I know he's not gonna represent my interests, you know what I mean, yeah, at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, you can't you can't look at it from that perspective. So so I think a lot of people get into this game, right? And then like they want success, but they but they you know this man, they're not necessarily prepared for the success they want. Yeah, right? yeah. So again, wishing, wishing and hoping and not planning, man. Yeah, they they they're not necessarily prepared for the success they want because people. And I've, I've always been saying this, fame, people, you know why people chase fame? Because I think people feel like fame auto means automatic success. If mm -hmm. I'm famous and people know me, then that means that I'm successful because people know me. Yeah. But it's not necessarily that way. Fame is fleeting it, so there's no, and there's no metric that gauges fame. How do you know you're getting closer to fame? Yeah. Man, our, our whole world is a popularity contest. I, and, and I'll say this, man. Uh, respect out to everybody, whatever their craft is, when you go out and put that real work in and that real grind. Because kind of what scares me, and, you know, I don't want to get on my, my old man, you know. Well, go uh, ahead, well, stand, go ahead. Go ahead. Get right? on the box, but, bro. But, but, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes I see these young cats, and, and you're right, they're not prepared for that fame that they're requesting, that they, that they claim they're going after because they're not handling the business end. They're not handling the, the you know, the personable end as far as taking care of the people that's around you. You know what I mean? You can't you can't be an a-hole to everybody that's on your team right, right. and then expect them to be on your team and have right. your interests at heart. So, right. you know what I mean? At the, at the end of the day, social media affords them to be able to get out and get in front of a few people and get a few hundred, a few thousand likes. And, and they think that's that's what the whole game is about, man. So I think sometimes the, the business end right now is definitely getting missed out on a lot just because people are, are focusing on that popularity contest part mm -hmm. of the game, man. Yeah. So yeah. I agree. I agree, man. It's so true, man. Well, come on, let's get a little bit of what, let's get into like some of what you got going on with our model okay. with the games, man. So well, talk to me about that, man. How did how does this whole thing start with our model, our model booth in, in, in games? Um, so starting with our model booth, uh, that, that was the first brand, um, been doing this, uh, for about six years now going on. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's been a grip, but, um, came into a situation where I, um, paired with, with, with some partners that I'm close with. And, uh, we got into the event services space, uh, you know, doing DJs, doing photography, videography. And, uh, I had to bring something, you know, different to that, that mixture to kind of hold some worth with it. So came up with the photo booth and, uh, over, over transition of a few years we developed our own, uh, model. So the iModel booth photo booth is hundred percent wireless can go anywhere in the event. And, uh, just my natural connections to a lot of people in the music industry, man, I started doing clubs all over Atlanta. Uh, you that's know, how we, that's then, how we met. Right. Yeah. 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 So. What we do is we come in, we take the three pictures, you know, send it out to the people's phones. But on the back end for our customers, whoever paid us or the sponsor for the evening, you know, they got all their information on the banner. So really, it's a lot of brand awareness uh, that was going along with it. And then we package those uh, those little gifts uh, that come out, you know, GIF uh, mm -hmm. that come out and we package them along and made, uh, you know, music videos, uh, photo booth style with it. So we since evolved to still doing that. Um, we got the 360 booths. And then just naturally being so associated with the industry, 
uh, and I got a former uh, heavy tech background. Um, got a you know got got a love for for games, got a love for tech. So I kind of and got a love for music. So I married the three together, and we came up with the item I model booth games game line that's on Google Play and the Apple App Store. So we have titles uh, where pretty much I built my own music system. Uh, that that's gonna sum it up. So um, so we feature 100% artist music, man. Uh, we can pretty much pop uh, artist music in on demand. And it's instantly being played on one of the games, you know, that, that people can get on the app stores. So it's a little bit different flavor than, than kind of anybody ever seen. But but it goes back to my core of what I love, man. I love technology. I love music. And I especially love supporting independent artists, man. So wanted to give them a different avenue to be able to get out there and get their stuff off in front of people. I mean, that's great, man. Like you said, you don't see a lot of us doing stuff like that, man. It's mm-hmm. always good to see our people doing things and tapping the spaces that a lot of us don't think about tapping into, man. So it's I'm all really about cool that. to get into the tech space and, and mm-hmm. the photo booth, you know what I mean? Because, look, there's always going to be a party going on. So even yep. even uh, <laughs> even when you're not necessarily the one in the cups anymore, you can still have people that work for you Mm-hmm. We'll be doing, you know, when you don't want to do it no more, it's yourself being there. You, the, there's always going to be parties, going, always going to be clubs around. Always going. This is that's one thing about this business. There's always going to be something going on. Yep. <laughs> you yep. know what I mean? And, and, and technology that's going on with the games and smartphones. I mean, as you see, everything's are are headed to artificial intelligence. Also, all sorts of stuff happening. So yep. there's so much. I'm sure that you have that you probably gonna be rolling out as the years go by with just even new technologies and things like that so yeah. this is awesome man this is great that, that you have that stuff going on man because I've I, I, I personally uh, seen how your booth works and I have several I've, I've, I've been I've been in them several times yeah. Over, yeah. The last, over the last few years man shout out to DZMG my, my big bro Reggie with the yeah. DZMG affair man shout out to him uh for what he for for the events that he's got going on, he he's done. Cause I've been supporting him for, for several years with that. And Reggie moved not, heavy. He moved yeah. heavy. Yeah, yeah, man. Reggie's a Reggie's a really great guy, man. And, and he is. I always say because he, he's not, you know, he doesn't make his his primary living in the in the music industry. So he automatic. He's just a good. He's just a good dude. Mm-hmm. Now he has he has a lot of relationships. He knows a lot of people. Yeah, he do. But but one of the he always says is I do I don't have to do this to want family to eat. Yeah. So he so he approaches it from a whole different perspective. So a lot of the shystiness that you deal with, you know, in this business, you don't have to deal with him. He's pretty straightforward exactly. cat. You know, he's a pretty yep. straightforward cat. Not no grimy stuff going on, man. So that's why I love everything he's got going on and always look forward to his events. You know, and I travel, yeah. you know, I travel to his events because I want to. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't yeah. he, doesn't, he doesn't pay me to come up. I just I just support him because I just believe in everything he's everything he's doing and have been supporting him that way since around 2014. So it's been a, it's been a while since he, you know, since I've been supporting him since day one, but he is like, yeah. he definitely is like a brother to me and I really do care a lot about him. So yeah. Reggie, Reggie's a classy dude, man. Like you can, yeah. you can tell, you know, being, being on the side where, you know, I'm, I'm not coming out trying to get off on my music, you know, I'm mm. a, I'm a vendor quote unquote right. uh you know when i show up to events mm-hmm. and, and and you know you get to really see the behind the scenes of how somebody acts because you know it's like anybody who's ever been married or thrown a big birthday party you know nothing goes right right like right. nothing right. goes 100 oh, oh right. yeah he's always there, there's something the yeah yeah right. and he's so he's so passionate about it man but at the end of the day 
uh, he he always delivers top notch stuff, man. And everybody always has a good time. So exactly. you know what I mean. Exactly. So it always man. goes down. For goes sure, down. For sure. For sure. But then before we get out of here, man, like how can, yeah. how can the people connect to you, man? How can they get you know stay in touch with you before we get out of here? Yeah, uh, we are model booth on everything. I tell people, you know, not not brag or pop a collar, but just Google us, man. Uh, type in our model booth. Uh, just real quick, the, the name is a play, right? Like everybody wants okay. to be a model when they get in front of the photo booth. And in particular, I want it to be you. You know what I mean? So gotcha. letter I model and booth uh, but yeah you can check us out on instagram on the iModel booth um you can check us out on facebook uh as well uh new thing we got going on man is the round table music facebook oh let's group. talk let's talk about that yeah we're yeah. gonna talk about that man let's talk about that and the, and the music review show so we're not, yeah. we're not done yet so let's talk okay. let's get into that a little bit <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll bring it back for a second but yeah the round table uh Roundtable Music Facebook group, man, is a, is a dope collective that uh, kind of came together. It started out with me uh, in CCATL, um, you know, Where It Begins Magazine one more time. Um, you know, definitely tried to come together and do something Facebook group style that was centered around music. So mm -hmm. what ended up uh, kind of blossoming out of that was we started out with a, uh, a live panel music review on Sunday. So a little different than anybody else doing uh music reviews because we're not just having people kind of call in or you know uh you know drop the song off drop a check off so to speak uh no disrespect to those platforms but there's a lot of them out there so we want to do something different so we've curated a show where we actually sit down with the artists and we review their latest project pay play some snippets from it get the artists to sing or rap a little bit from it bring on some people who associated producers or guest appearances with it and we just kind of sit down for an hour or so and just take a deep dive into talking about the project and the inspiration the artwork best song worst song uh you know what's next for the artists and the whole nine on that um, and then the second thing that popped off from that, because again, that's on Sundays, on Wednesdays, uh, we moved over to uh, create the music trivia night show, which is just crazy, man. It's, it's, it's a fun trivia uh, show that's kind of kind of way different than a lot of people seeing, man. We got like, you know, little, little picks that pop up uh, with sexy Brad and Jermaine Dupree, if you're right and wrong. Uh, but, but just answering some trivia questions, a lot of heavy, heavy, heavy uh, 90s, 2000s type of music situation. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean, which is which is our core, what we love. You know, what I mean, I call it that real music. No disrespect to the rest of it, but you know, for right. me, that's that that's that real music. Uh, if you right. ain't gonna take if you ain't gonna take me to what my parents was playing growing up back to the seventies and all that, you know, what I mean, that's my real music that speak mm -hmm. to. Uh, but yeah, we have a good time with that, man, where we have people on, uh, contestants talking smack to each other. You know, we keep it clean. It's all fun, but it's, it's definitely 100 percent competitive. And then the new thing we just popped off is, uh, you know, we felt like it was a void in the community of people talking about real topics. So uh, we created a podcast on uh, on Thursdays where we just sit down and talk about everything, man. We talk about relationships. Uh, you know, we. Uh, last show, for example, we had a segment talk, talking about baby mama drama where, you know, it was uh, it was uh, it was the, the baby mama wanting to put the uh, baby daddy on child support, even though he steps up and takes care of her all the time just because right. he got a new girlfriend and she wanted, you know, wanted him to leave type yeah. of situation. We talked about the Michael B. Jordan, the Lori Harvey. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. And then, I, yeah, and I always put a <laughs> twist on things, man. We want to get the information out, but I, but I try to make people think, you know, we'll go through all that celebrity gossip and drama, but, right. you know, the question at the end that I'm really posing to the panel and that I want the viewer to come away with 
is something that's deeper and more thought provoking. It's not just the drama, what you think about the drama, like how, what do you actually think about the state of black relationships? What do you oh, think yeah. about, you know, people actually getting along and getting together and prospering and being successful in this world type of situation. So I always try to put a twist uh, on everything uh, I do and to, I love to make that, it more thought provoking. And I love that, man, because that's something, again, like I said, there's something that we don't, that's not talked about in our community. We don't, mm -hmm. you know, we don't talk about um, relationships and how that affects each other, especially romantic relationships. And, you know, we talked about this the, the day that I did, we did the interview, we did, I was mm -hmm. on there all off, offline. You know, we, mm -hmm. we had a conversation about why, you know, shout out to the Godfather, Kevin Samuels, rest in yeah. peace, but what the type of work that he was really doing mm -hmm. and what he was really trying to do was keep black families together. Exactly. Exactly. We live in a generation now where women, and I, I will keep saying this, where women want to be men. Mm -hmm. They don't want to, they don't understand that their play, they were made to be the help mate, not the leader. Yeah. And it, does, it doesn't mean that we, it doesn't mean that they don't, their voice isn't heard. Mm -hmm. but, in, but in a family perspective, it was, it, it, and I'm not super religious, right? You know, I believe yeah. in God, but there's a reason why, you, there's a reason why in, in a church, you will never see a woman leading over a man mm. because it's not the way it was ever supposed to be. And, and even in the cases, you know, where you have uh, the, you know, the pastor being a woman or, or you know, prophetess right. or whatever the particular title is, you are right. Uh, you know, they, they, they have a strong man beside them that they right. lean on for that. Yeah, um, you have to, because you wouldn't, women can lead in the women's ministry, but you never would see a woman in church leading over men. It was never designed to be that way because yeah. and, and it's interesting and, and i love this this is my podcast we can take this in any direction we want to so that's why i love it being my podcast but yeah. um you know people get upset when the more and more i think about it i realize why they say man a man is the head and a woman is the neck because women will just say i feel a certain way and men are like well why do you feel that way mm -hmm. you see women go off of emotion Men go off with the probability. What is the probability for something to happen? That's the difference. That's yeah. the major difference is because women want to go off what they feel. Yeah. Not what is more likely to happen. Yeah. A man is thinking from the perspective of what is more likely to happen yeah. in the grand scheme of things. There's it's, always, there's no, of course, there's no absolution in anything in life. So we correct. can always make the argument of, oh, well, this person, of course, we can say that for anything. Yeah. But we have data that proves, the reason why we can make assumptions on certain things because we have enough data and experience to prove that this is what's most likely to happen based yeah. on what we've seen. The past usually predicts the future. A lot of times, yeah. Right? Yeah. Not always, but most yeah. of the time, the, uh, the past usually predicts the future. Okay, we had the Spanish flu in 1919. <laughs> yeah. 102 years later, here comes the, here comes the uh, corona COVID-19. Yeah. Uh, for the grand scheme of things, okay, did people put, people lost their lives in the, for the Spanish flu. There was the technology there was today. Right? Yeah. People have lost their lives. In, but for the grand scheme of things, most, you know, most people who've gotten COVID have recovered from it. Yeah. And have been able to, have been able to 
recover and move on with their lives. So we know that, that it's the same way with the Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. We know that people, yeah, people, a lot of people died during that thing too, but for most of people recovered and they were able to move on with their lives. So again, that goes back to past predicting the future. So we kind of yeah. know, yeah, when these type of things happen, you know, most people are going to, if they get it, they're going to survive it and they're going to move on with their life. So yeah. I think that the women, uh, women, we live in, because I think women also, we because they have so much freedom that they had that they never once had before, is mm-hmm. that they, they've, they've kind of bought into this, this lie of, I can have anything I want. Yeah, I can have everything. I can have everything I want. And it's like, no, you, because in life, you have to make choices. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. You, you, you can't get around that. You have to make choices. I don't know who told you some of these modern women that they can have. Every, no, you can't. Nobody can have everything <laughs> that they want. It's trade-offs. It's trade-offs. Yeah. Okay. If I'm going to go get earn all this money from the NBA, there's a contract that I'm required to do certain things. Yeah. And keep, off, a, and keep a certain image. Right. Based off this contract. Yeah. There's more clauses within this contract that lets me out of this contract if you do something stupid that mm. goes against the brand, this is what we see with the whole Sean Watson situation. Yep. Legally, yeah, legally he's been well, the, the charges were dismissed, but the NFL is a private; they're a private institution. They don't have exactly. They can make their own decisions independent of whatever the law says. Yep. So yep. Then you know, so 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 you know, so so that's what we have. People have choices. Yeah. And so don't. So I think a lot of you who've been told that they no, you can't have everything you want. Yeah, you know you can't. You have to make. I see men. Men, we understand that. Men understand. Yeah. You come back down to choices. We know we make a bad choice. This is what could happen. Exactly. You know, you know women exactly. think they can divorce a man, and just pick another man off of a tree, like it just. Oh, I'm. I'm. Oh, he makes me mad today, so I won't get a divorce, and I'm gonna go go like what? Yeah. <laughs> Those are some of the things that like. I'm glad that these conversations are being talked about within our community. Yeah. Yes, it's happening in other communities, yes, but it's really affecting our community. It's weighing down on us way more than others, and I agree, right, uh, and RIP to Kevin Samuels. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the, the state of the Black family is, is a lot of things that are always front of mind to me, uh, and that's just because we don't, it, it's happening, and we all see it, and we know we see it, and yet there's, you know, this this public perception of let's all pretend like it's not happening. Let's all yeah. pretend like it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, you you see, and, and nobody likes to talk bad about kids. Nobody likes to talk bad about women, right? Those are all mm-hmm. taboo things to say as a male. Mm-hmm. But I'll say this: these kids are getting worse in a lot of cases because you know? they're being unsupervised, yeah. uh, and these households are suffering in a lot of cases because any household. Uh, you know, if you don't have a two parent structure, you have less people to actually support all the different functions and processes that go into being a family right. of allowing your kid having the resources for your kid to go play in extracurricular sports right and mm-hmm. taking them to and from having the resources and the knowledge to be able to help them in the time to be able to help them with their homework help them with their assignments when right. you take one person out of the household you just took half the people that can drive somebody to school yeah like you yeah. know what i mean that's something simple and we don't uh, think about we don't think about those things we don't think yeah. about and so we have these women you know what we always like i'll always be like 
I'm on it because I'm on the dating apps, man. So I'm okay. I see a lot of these and as they operate in a, so much masculine energy. Yeah, like this is why y'all are single because yeah. y'all want a respectable man. They're they're reading your profile and they can we can we can feel just put off your what the, we can we can feel that masculine energy and know the type of man y'all say y'all want don't want women that operate in that mask. I'm just they don't. Yeah, yeah. Not that the type they, of men you know because the problem is these women want this they want these one percent and ten percent type of dudes. Then like quite frankly they you know they don't qualify for it. Man. Yeah, and, and and the way you said it, they want the one one percent to ten percent. But if you're not also in the one percent to ten percent, let's just be real; it's not realistic. You know what I mean? It's just like, not. It's just not. It, just, it you know you know. And so when you talk like that to women, they're like, "We're we're just being honest." Like we're, now, they might sleep with you, they might have fun with you, but what do you want? You actually want to? Uh, they're not committing because. Because at that level, it's also big business, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They can't be seen with just anybody. We just let's just be honest. If you are average person, it's okay to be with another average person. But that's not cool anymore. It's not yeah. cool anymore. Like that, the the average five, and and, and forgive me for ranking women, the yeah. average five in qualifications personality looks the whole package wants a, a nine or a ten because they've been marketed to that way look right. look at marketing right now right like every right. every product that comes out for for a woman is let me take your great self and let me move you greater you know what i mean right, right, every right. product for a man is hey you barely holding on let gillette at least cut your raggedy ass you right I mean? so 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 it's a, it's a difference in what they're being taught and, and social media adds more fuel to that fire man yeah. like it's, it's way too many negative people jumping on that negative bandwagon and yeah, it's, it, it's it, piling it, on and it, it, it's just I and I'm like, it's like when Cat Newton said what he said on the, you know, on Gilly Gilly Gilly's pocket. I'm like, what did he say that was wrong? Exactly. exactly. What did he say that was wrong? And you yeah. and you and you know and you see these people, Michael Smith. But I love Michael Hollywood. But like, oh yeah, he said he didn't make a sexist comment. Well, what did he say? That what y'all are just trying to because y'all work for corporate companies, so y'all can't. Because get, I'm gonna be real with you, they probably agree with his ass. But they mm-hmm. can't go on camera and say that. They can't work, say it. Because you work for NBC. Yep. You work for CBS. You work for ESPN. You can't, because yeah. all he said was, every woman wants to be a boss bitch, but you can't cook and you can't clean and you can't cater to a man's meat. Yeah. Isn't but, that but, the duty of a wife anyway? It, well, traditionally, yes. Traditionally. Not the, not these new wives. They just roll blunts. That's all they do. Right? <laughs> they roll, so they roll like, blunts and twerk. Right. So it's just like he just saying he just saying because let's be real. Cam Newton has millions and millions of dollars. So why would he? Well, he can hire a chef. Yeah. He can hire a maid to come. So why would he need you if you're not going to cater what he wants? Well, yeah. So they had a problem with him saying that for one, just because of the climate, right? Like no man can make that statement and get away with it. But also he had a history. He had a history because as a young kid with a lot of money, when he was younger, he had that locker room incident with a reporter where he said, you know, a woman asking me questions, that's crazy. And he chuckled. 
Yeah. He didn't he didn't disrespect or violate her. I can see where that's in that gray area where you might be okay with it, where you may have a problem with it. So it's not that. But that that magnified his other statement, man. He's already, you know, the hated male at that yeah. point. Yeah. And, and one of the things I try to bring up uh, on the on the Thursdays, and we're going to get into, you know, more of it. And I bring that up definitely in my personal and my social life is right. males are getting a bad rap right now. There's yeah. let let the let the media tell you, let let music tell you, let uh, let Facebook tell you there are no good men out oh, there. Always, and as yeah. you said, I don't believe in speaking in absolutes. There's not all good anything. There's not all bad anything there's a lot of gray and a lot of people pick and choose different situations what they want to do so it just kills me in general that that we've all bought into it, it this two-party system it's either you know Darrell is either a good guy or he's the villain you know the worst right. villain ever you know what i mean right. you're either right. a saint or the or the villain like no nah, right. he's a regular person he's right. gonna make mistakes he's gonna right. have good days and bad days but hopefully he's moving in a positive direction so yeah. we, we can't do that anymore and just wish people well that they can get better like we condemn you and and we write you off as soon as you chuckle. You know, it's interesting. I was talking about this earlier. You know, when Kevin, when Kevin Hart was supposed to host the Oscars a couple of years ago, oh, remember he yeah. had, remember he had to step down because yeah. of the comment he made in 2010. I was to myself, yeah. that was it. What, what year was it? He's what, maybe what 20, 2018 to 2019 when he's supposed to host the Oscars, and he, yeah. he made. And I'm like, dude, he said something that was eight nine years ago. Why yeah. are we holding a Kim? Why, what are we holding against him? That he, yeah, he, he, let's give him the opportunity to grow and learn. Maybe I mean, he probably said something that was insensitive. Also, he's yeah. a comedian. Exactly. He's exactly. A he, look, he's a comedian. They make jokes. Art imitates life. Yeah. Yeah. You know I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. Art imitates, you know. Yeah. So, so, you know, people got to realize when these comics, when we need comics, we, 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 we have to give comedians the, the creative license to be who they are. We to be cannot comedians. police everything that they say. Yeah. Take offense to it. Let's just let's just actually just, just laugh at the joke. Yeah. Like, let's keep it simple and laugh at the joke. You know, when, when, when Dave they, they can't do that. When Dave Chappelle had his special, when I watched it on Netflix, mm -hmm. he's all about training, the shit was funny. Yeah. Yeah. It was let, let, let's call it is what it is. It yeah. was funny. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, listen, man. That that what we've evolved to is a hypocritical society, and and some people will tell you that's always been true, but I I personally believe it's more now than ever. The cancer culture is so strong that right. people will just again write you off for a giggle, write you off for a joke. You just doing your job. Your job is is to you right. Art imitates life and vice versa. You know sometimes, but but he's painting the picture of what he sees and he's coming at it so that we can have these discussions and open right. it up. But but unfortunately, we've gotten to the point where the cancer culture is so strong that people who are imperfect get mad at you for not being perfect, and then right. they don't want to have nothing to do with you. You, yeah, you and just it, crash and, and, at that and point. It's so it's so sad to me that you know even in this year's Oscars when we'll you know and that's a whole other conversation you won't go down that rabbit hole but yeah. but the fact that you have Will Packer so the first black filmmaker director to host the Oscars never exactly. been done before or do, exactly. or, or not or, directed or to put to get put together the Oscars never been done before yeah right uh never been never been done before. And to then have a Chris Rock, who, by the way, probably didn't even write that G.I. Jane joke. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he's a pro. You he know, probably came up with it on the fly. Yeah, you know, and, and so and and the thing of the thing of it is, um, give me one second. Give me one second. Yeah. So, um, you know, those things, you know, and if you look at that situation for a second, mm-hmm. Will actually laughed at the goddamn joke. Was laughing his tail off, bro. So that yeah. goes to show you, man. And, and let's talk. Let's just talk about it. You know, uh, man, Jada has some kind of hold on that man because <laughs> because he laughed at the joke. I can't believe that it was a non-verbal communication that set him off, as everybody keeps trying to say on the internet. I can't believe he just glanced at her and went from from zero, not even zero, right? He was in negative territory. Everything was all gravy. Like you said, he was laughing, clapping his hands, like looking at the ceiling type of mouth open laugh, like having a good chuckle out of it. And then he looks over at his woman. I can't believe he made eye contact and then just decided to kind of throw throw stuff away like that. She had to say something. There's a a trigger word. There's something, something goes on there, right? Because anybody knows, you, you know, at comedy club, you sit in that first row, front rows, you're going to get you. Because, yeah. You know, the comedians, that's what they do. Yeah. It's all in good fun, man. It's all, yeah. look, it's all in good fun. Doesn't mean nobody's trying to, it's all in good fun, man. Laughter is supposed to help us, you know, help us get through life. Supposed Laugh to be the medicine. Jokes, right? You know, whatever that you got going on, you know, in your life outside of those two hours or however long you're at that comedy club, it's mm-hmm. just supposed to be a time to just have a good time. And yeah. it just, and it, you know, and to see all these things happening, bro, within our community, it's it, it, it bothers me, man, because it's just like it, it, it ta- it's, it's taken so much for us to get to the level, and even for Will to, to, to yep. have achieved so much for people. Now, what I believe he'll get his career back. I really do. Yeah. I think we live, yeah. we live in a society where moves, moves, moves so quick that a year from yeah. now, nobody, even though, even though, even though the Oscars, what they, what they do, he's been banned for 10 years, something like that. 10 years, yep. But he can still be nominated. He just can't be there, right? Yeah. Something like we just, I- yeah, I don't I don't know about that part is if he can actually accept an award. I just know, yeah, he's he's definitely they just put it out as a ban. But but the craziness is, is, man, uh, the underlying tones from that is just another black man being, you know, painted as violent or painted as, you know, this savage light. And that and that's what I didn't like from it. Uh, if you pay attention to it, man, he did not. He, you know, what I mean, assault is assault. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, you mm-hmm. know, touching touching somebody is assault. So whether I just, you know, poke you or I come in and just give you a haymaker, doesn't matter. It's the same level, uh, you know, uh, but, but you know, depending on what I damage in the civil mm-hmm. side, but I'm just yeah. talking about legally, right? He didn't come up there and give that man the hardest shot that Chris Chris Rock ever took. He didn't give him like the, the you know, he didn't give him a Mike Tyson. You know, he gave he gave him a, a, a you know, almost a movie old school slap across the face, you know what I mean? And, and now all of a sudden, you know, he he's the biggest villain, uh, you know, according, according to some of our, our other racial counterparts, uh, how they're putting him and painting him in that light. And some of us are jumping on that same train too, because, you know, when it's, once this is fire, we all want to get some of that smoke. And unfortunately people, you know, have been, talking about him, like so many people that wasn't involved with him came forward and had their stories and their interviews that you just realized, man, it's such a capitalistic uh, network that's going on in Hollywood and in the media that you can't trust everybody's intentions. 
Right, right. Exactly. No, I totally agree. I, I totally, I totally, totally agree, man. What you, what you're saying, man. You know, yeah. totally, you know, uh, yeah. it's just, it's just, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting dynamic. It's just, just to say the least, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> crazy. It's a crazy world, man. You just got to do the best for you. Do the best for your family. Keep your head right, and link up with positive, like-minded individuals that's trying to push, you know, the world and the culture forward, man. That's what I try to do every day. Exactly, man, guys. Well, look, man, these guys, this has been a great episode, man. Appreciate I've you. I had, had my man Theo on, on, on the podcast. And we, you know, we kind of delved into some stuff that you wouldn't normally hear on the pod, but it's cool. That's why I love it being my platform. I can take it any which way I want to. There and it it's is. My, you know, so it's a great deal about having your own platform. You can do what you want. Yeah. So, guys, this is <laughs> this has been your host, Jerome Peart. Until next time, I'm out of here. Peace. Peace.